The boy is eating. The boy is your name. What is your name? She is not a girl. First, hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Coffee with Gringos. Dynamic English's new podcast where you can learn English simply by hearing people use it. So sit down and have a coffee with us. You are listening to Coffee with Gringos. I'm Paige Sutherland, and today is our first episode without my co-host Mariah. She is back in the U.S. permanently, so no longer will be on the show. But today we have our guest returning, Martin. Thanks again for coming back. Hi, everybody. Like Paige said, my name is Martin. Worked with Dynamic since February. Studied history at the University of Minnesota. The weird particularism of my background is that I grew up in the U.S., but my father is Chilean. Today, we're going to tackle quite an interesting topic. We're going to talk about malls, which in the U.S. are a dying retail business. But here, surprisingly, they're booming. Yeah, there are definitely a lot of just like straight up abandoned malls. And the, the problem is when a mall closes is that you have this enormous physical structure and it's not obvious how to replace it, nor is it cheap to just replace it. Like when a store closes, you can just put another store inside the same building. It doesn't really work that way with malls because malls often take up like an entire city block or even more. Like the famous mall near where I grew up in the U.S. was the Mall of America which was a baseball stadium before it was a mall. So imagine a mall the size of a baseball stadium, like seven or eight stories high, something like that. So like, should that place close, what are you going to put there? So yeah, you have a lot of abandoned malls in the U.S. I believe there has now officially been a coffee table book just of photographs of abandoned malls both inside them and outside them. A lot of you have probably seen the, uh, the classic horror movie, Dawn yeah. of the Dead from the 70s where they hole up in a mall and it's and it's just zombies. Well, like, the decaying infrastructure of the mall in that zombie movie is a lot like the decaying infrastructure of the not-movie-without-zombies reality of the United States. There's so many malls. I mean, just in my neighborhood, I can think of five that I could bike to. The other thing that's so interesting is a lot of malls here have supermarkets attached to them, which I don't see much in the U.S. Most malls in the U.S., are just, you know, your clothes, retail, boutique shops, toys, all those kind of things. But you wouldn't see a supermarket in a mall. Yeah, yeah, this is true. The security, too, is very different. Yeah, well, security is much higher in Chile <laughs> for, for everything. I mean, you just see more security personnel and, you know, gates and, and locks and security measures of all kinds are way more common in Chile than the, than the U.S., that's something that always really made a big impression on me when I was a little kid and would visit Chile as we would go to like an aunt's house and the house would be, you know, completely surrounded by like a 10 foot high gate and you needed, you know, like a buzzer to, to open it. Front door was locked as well. And then the windows behind the gate had bars like over them. You know, why is all of this necessary? You definitely wouldn't see that in most parts of the U.S. for sure. Going back to you, where do you go shopping in Chile? Huh. <laughs> well, so I actually l used to live very, very near Costaneda Center. So I used to go to Costaneda Center a lot until I realized how much cheaper Lidl is than Jumbo. 
And then I stopped going to Costaneda Center as much. Now, however, I don't live anywhere near there. Now I live in Barrio Yungay, where there still are not very many malls like of, of any kind. So there I do it like I shop kind of the old school way of like, you know, the little, the little shops and like the mini markets and just like the street fairs on the weekends when, you know, you've sort of got like this most Eisley Cantina situation of vendors. True. What was your first reaction when you went to Costanera Center? My impression of it was that it was a relatively large Chilean mall. I was familiar with the Chilean love of malls from when I was little and a handicap of growing up in Minnesota is that no mall really impresses you. You look at it and it's like, well, it's not as big as the Mall of America. I've seen bigger. Is Mall of America the largest mall? No, it was the largest mall on the planet for a while. Then some of like the wealthy Gulf states built like super malls the same way they build like super hotels. Okay. So now there are a few Arab malls that are bigger and better. There was going to be an American mall that was going to be larger than the Mall of America that was going to be somewhere in New Jersey. And they were building it before the internet completely took over commerce in the United States. And then the 2008 economic crash hit and they did not finish the mall. They just stopped building it and that is one of the many ghost malls in the United States. The internet taking over everything about your life, and the economic crash of 08, both happen basically in 2008. Like, they're really right on top of each other, and they do represent, like, this double whammy against selling stuff. I think that anyone who's in retail now has that kind of fear because Amazon is kind of here, but not really. They have, like, one toe in the door here, and they will be coming. Yeah. It's just a matter of time, and I think like it did in the U.S., will change the retail industry completely because buying things online is just more convenient and it's cheaper. It will be interesting to see because, like you said, there is such a mall culture here. So, I mean, maybe online shopping might not make such a dent as it did in the U.S., but my guess would it will. I'm not a big shopper. I actually hate shopping, but I've probably been to the mall more in my entire life since I've been here. Yeah, because I totally you, believe that. You, especially in the neighborhood I live in, I live in Los Condes, they don't have those kind of mom and pop stores that I can just pop into here. Yeah. So you kind of, your instinct is just to go to the malls to find what you're looking for. There isn't really that store where in the U.S. we have the Walmarts, the Targets that just sell everything. Yeah. I mean, you can walk in that store, do your whole grocery shopping, get all your electronics, get your clothes, get your car fixed. It's like one-stop shop. Yeah. And they don't really have that here. No, and I mean, again, the closest thing they do have to that are the malls. I mean, going to a mall is easier than going to like six different stores in El Centro. But it's like, man, if you think the mall is more convenient than going downtown, like wait till you see Amazon. What they, they don't have here is supersize me. Where in the U.S. we have bulk shopping, right? We have BJ's, Costco, these kind of stores where you can get a lifetime supply of peanut butter or sure. granola bars or whatever kind of food or anything. I mean, I think the big reason why we don't have that in, in Chile is just because people have less money, right? Like it's cheaper per, per unit to buy these huge quantities, but you need the upfront cash and people just have less upfront cash here than they do in the U.S. Even for people who do have it, there's a concern of like, well, I want to hold on to this in case something bad happens in case I suddenly need it. 
and I don't need a lifetime supply of peanut butter, even if that'll save me X amount of money for, well, and it wouldn't be peanut butter because we're in Chile, even though it'll save me X amount of pesos, you know, compared to buying peanut butter every week. I was surprised when I talked to a lot of my students and I asked, oh, have you ever been to the U.S.? What do you, what do you like about it? And they always say the shopping. It's so funny. A lot of my students say, oh, the clothes in the U.S. is so much cheaper. It's so much cheaper. I never thought the clothes in the U.S. was particularly cheap, but I think it's because we have so many different options. Where here you right. go to the mall and you have the designers, the big names, which are going to cost more. Right. Where we just have generally make things in bulk so you can go to stores and buy crappy material clothes for really cheap. Yeah. <laughs> which they don't really have those kind of stores here. It blows the minds of a lot of Americans to learn that Latin America isn't uniformly just like dirt, dirt cheap. I mean, that's like the big presupposition that a lot of people have. It's like, no, in terms of cost of living, it's really not cheaper. Like the, the way to make it cheaper is to find a way to make American money while living in Latin America. And then it is a lot cheaper. But if you're like comparing average salaries, it's much more expensive. Do you feel like if Amazon or when Amazon comes, how popular do you think it'll be here? Mon monumentally, if they can make it work. I mean, the big issue... You know, streets here are, are narrower and it's, it can be really confusing the way like, you know, since it's so many different comunas, you know, there are lots of different streets that have the same name and there are lots of gates to get past, like we were talking about, like, just the simple act of delivering a box to a doorstep is actually much more complicated here than it is in the U.S. because of the issue of security, because of how crowded it is. I mean, there's going to be a paranoia that random people are just going to steal the boxes when they're sitting, like, outside. Regardless of whether that's true or not, something is going to be implemented to protect from that possibility. I don't know what it could be aside from just like paying random people to stand next to the box and watch the box until the appropriate person retrieves the box. But whatever that solution is, that also is just going to slow it down. I mean, these are sort of meaningful obstacles that'll make it still less efficient when Amazon does come here than the way it is in, in the U.S., I totally agree. I think the number one issue will be this, like you said, this security barrier. But I think also, which will be very different than the U.S., is here it's still a cash society. I mean, you know, not as many people have credit cards as they do in the U.S. I mean, in the U.S., it's plastic. Everyone has a credit card. No one uses cash. We're here. It'll be interesting to see if that shuts out a lot of customers because not everyone can get a credit card here. Not not everyone has one, like in the U.S., and Amazon obviously is a credit card-based industry. Sure. Well, so I think I think what might happen there is what happened with Uber, where you cannot pay for Uber and cash in the U.S., and you can pay for Uber and cash in Chile. In fact, it's preferred. This is not a prophecy, but like, <laughs> I would not be surprised if when Amazon comes to Chile, you, like, you are allowed to just give the delivery guy cash upon receipt. The biggest thing that you'll hear from an expat here is, oh, you're going to the U.S., can I ship a few things on Amazon, your house, yep. and you bring them back? Yep, 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 <laughs> yep, yep. There's a really big, yeah, that's a really big thing. It's a really big deal. Yeah. We went from talking about the obsession of malls in Chile to Amazon's potential conquering of Latin America. Martin, thanks for coming on again. Obviously, it's always a pleasure to have you back on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. As you listeners know, there's going to be a vocabulary guide and transcript on the website if you get lost at all. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Coffee with Gringos was brought to you by Dynamic English, where you can learn English 
simply by using it. If you're interested in taking classes or just want to learn more, go to our website at dynamicenglish.cl. Thanks for listening.